Wowie, wowie, we have quite a film for you this week. Wow, wow, we wow. Wow, wow, we wow. It's what you're doing, Borat. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. It's so much grosser. Um, but before we get to that, we have some people who are not gross. In fact, they're delightful. And right. I am so excited to shout them out. These are our newest patrons. Patreon.com slash TSW podcast. For anybody who's interested, mm-hmm. um, these folks were interested and we are so glad they were. We got some new champions for Actors Rides. Absolutely love to see it. Uh, we have Leslie, Jane Mace and Freddie Garcia. Welcome. Thank you for all the important work you do. And we love you unconditionally forever. Starting now. Mm-hmm. Some more people we love. Uh, they might love parts of this movie. Uh, w- would we say there's a vessel featured in this movie? It's somewhat of a vessel. It's somewhat of a vessel, yeah. So, I don't know. You guys decide. I'd say true vessel heads might like it. A true vessel head might like it. And I know that these folks are true vessel heads. Um, they are Megan McGee and Alec B. True new vessel heads. And we also love them unconditionally forever starting now. Thank you. Thank you and welcome. Uh, we also have a few new folks joining us in Tony fucking Colette's inner circle. <laughs> Whoa. Um, and they are Natalie and Kaylee Galco, Julia Elliott, Rub, Gonzalo Garcia, Cassidy Ermshire, Grace Kirby, Landon Harp, and Catherine Wiltshire. Welcome to the circle. Thank you so much for being here. We love you unconditionally forever starting now welcome and just a couple other folks that we love unconditionally forever that we've been loving unconditionally forever for a little bit now uh we got two people who have upgraded and they are stacy mcdonough and trice sanders love you guys so much so so much much. oh my gosh it's so overwhelming honestly But here we are and here you are. And thank goodness. (laughs) Uh, And we love you and we hope you love this week's movie. And it starts right now. This is Emily, Henley and Sammy. And you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I'm too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Henley, and I'm also too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy, and I like watching scary movies, so I watch them and I tell you about them. Take the burden off you. Place the joy onto me. It's a a privilege. (laughs) Ooh, it's It's a a privilege. It's an honor. It's a gift. Um, Wow. I was okay. What's up with this is what comes next. I was about to ask, but then I remembered we got a review recently of someone who really hates how we repeat each other. And (laughs) and now, and I is like, somebody just repeats what everybody else says. And I read that and was like, it's me. I'm the one. (laughs) And I, and I, now I'm like very aware of it, but I literally, I can't, I'll do it and be like, you did it. I don't. So anyway, if it was you, I'm sorry. I can't help it. It could easily have been me. I definitely feel like I repeat what you guys say 100%. I like to do it. Also, I think that part of my emotional growth needs to be not being scared of people being mean on the internet because I I live in in fear of these reviews, man. I live in fear of being, you know, eight out of 10 women who just doesn't understand (laughs) horror movies. Yeah. And you know what? 
there's not you can't please everybody. No, most you can't. of the time we're lucky if we can just be, make ourselves happy. Yeah, it's some of uh, the time. That's a high bar. Other in people, and of itself. if if what if. what can be done, what can be done. Anyway, so I will be repeating everything. I can't help it. But what's up with us? <laughs> Well, it's up with us. Um, I, I have a small little thing. I am at home in Maryland where I grew up visiting my parents. It's a lovely home. A lovely home. Um, and I witnessed the craziest thing last night. So I am from the eastern shore of Maryland, which is like kind of swampland. We're right next to the Chesapeake Bay, right near the water. I forgot how swampy it is here. Um and I say that only because I feel like it's probably connected to this weather phenomenon I witnessed, which is starting at like 9 p.m. until 1 a.m. There was just constant heat lightning, like <gasps> constant lightning mm-hmm. with no noise, no thunder, mm-hmm. nothing accompanying it, no rain. But it was just like every every like three seconds there was lightning. It looked like Whoa. a strobe light outside of my window. That's crazy. And, and it started at nine and I was like, whoa, this is nuts. And then I went to bed and then I woke up at one because Silas got up and it was still happening. It was still happening. It was insane. Um, so I don't know whether anyone else has ever witnessed this. I tried to quickly Google it to see if there's like, this is a thing. I didn't really find anything in my very, very brief internet research. I think I mean, it's a heat, thing. Heat lightning is obviously a thing, but I've never experienced it in this way where it's constant and lasts for that long. It was wild. It felt like the apocalypse, honestly. Could be. Yeah. Nature's crazy. Nature Nature's is amazing. Nature's crazy. Nothing else to say. Nature's I think crazy. we should take a moment to say that we are recording this as a video recording as well for mm-hmm. our patrons and we're doing the fly. Sorry, not to give that away. Uh, we hate um, to spoil it. hate to spoil it, but <laughs> Sam, Sammy and I have some really fun nature backgrounds for our video recordings. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> it really doesn't. My computer won't do it it simply won't and and it's been a tough thing to realize in this past year where everybody has fun zoom backgrounds backgrounds and meetings and stuff and i just i can't participate and it's hard for me because you know how much i love to participate in things (laughs) so it's been real it's i'm so sorry guys maybe a fly will fly in likely there will be a fly in my apartment while we record this because it's summer in la so fingers crossed maybe we'll get lucky fingers crossed Fingers crossed. I did it again. It's okay. I mean, (laughs) when people point out speech patterns, it's the fucking worst because it's like I can't change it. That's how I talk. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. Um. So, an exciting thing about me when this episode comes out, I'll be in Portugal. (laughs) (gasps) Oh my god. So jealous. I'll be Will in Hawaii. Oh, uh, you'll be in Hawaii. Amazing. Oh, man. Not, not to steal your thunder, Sammy. Portugal fun. is cooler, but we're both going to have great Hey, we don't times. need to compare them. It's not well. a contest. They're both cool. <laughs> they're both cool. And we're, they're both cool. 
Um, my mom has been in Portugal for the past few months, and so I'm going to visit her. She's so fucking excited. I I have time Aww. off from work because I freelance, obviously. So when I finish a job, I I don't have a job until the next job. And right now, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't have a job. And I told her I'd come visit if if I had time off. And then I had time off, so I booked a ticket. And she was like so shocked like she was like you actually you did you did it like she did not believe that i was going to do it and i was like yeah i told you i was gonna do it why wouldn't i come to portugal with a freaking free place to stay yeah hell yeah. i've never been to portugal Um, Uh, it's gonna be so great i'm very excited assuming that i pass a covid test i'm like this is like the week leading up to it and I'm yeah. going to be staying inside and being very safe because. Yeah, same. I do not want to fucking get COVID and then not be able to go. Oh, do you? I like was thinking about those. Um, the poor Olympians who tested oh. positive for COVID oh. and then couldn't go to the Olympics. Yeah. And they're asymptomatic and it's just like and vaccinated just and you can't go. <laughs> it's awful. Oh, sorry. That's you achieved horrible. your lifelong dream. Um, during a pandemic. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Honestly, I, d- I didn't know that. I didn't know that happened, happened to, to a yeah, few people. It happened to a few people. Yeah. It fucking sucks for them. I really feel for them. That's awful. Yeah, it's really bad. It definitely would be worse than either of us getting COVID and missing our trips. Yeah. But yeah. Again, we don't have to compare. They, oh, it would be bad. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Sammy, so you're going to Lisbon? I'll be in Lisbon for part of the time and um, Era Sarah for most of the time. Okay. Era Sarah is a cool name of a place. Era it, is a cool, it is a cool Era name. Era Sarah. Yeah, I had never heard of it. It sounds like someone's name in L.A. You'd Era be like, Sarah. What's your name? And this is my barista, Era Sarah. My barista. I introduced my barista. <laughs> single barista. And this is my barista, Era Sarah. Honestly, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> it, that kind of that kind of reminds me of the joke from Hacks when she's back in LA and they're like, How are you doing in LA? And she's like, Everyone dresses so well here. I can't tell who's Heim and who's just three people walking. <laughs> <laughs> That's really three funny. people walking. <laughs> Sammy, you probably I wouldn't couldn't even begin to remember the where or and if and this was nine years ago, nine and a half years ago. So who even knows? But um, I had the best toast of my life in Lisbon, <gasps> so much so that like it was just toast. But I think about it a lot. Ooh, wait. So was so there good, something good on luck. the toast? <laughs> it was just. I mean, they. I saw. I, I just when I studied abroad in Spain and, and went to Portugal and. Toast for breakfast is just like a big, big thing in that region. Mm-hmm. Like there's very like just it's like just a thing. Every day I had bread for fucking five months. Um, I love but, bread. I love bread. It was just like really good bread because also just like fresh, good, real things. Like it was really good bread with real butter and freshly made jam. And it was two pieces and they served it to you like sandwiched together. So it was all warm and melty. And it just was like. Damn. Unbelievable. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah. I gotta have it. It's unbelievable toast. So probably there's a lot of places you can get good. To- God, you're going to be in Europe. Oh, oh man. It's really cool that you're going to be there. It's I'm, really excited. Cool. I'm excited. I'm uh, excited. How long are you going for, Sammy? Mm, 10 days. <laughs> perfect. Per- perfect amount of time. That's a trip. <laughs> now that's, that's a trip. trip. Now, now that's, that's a trip. trip. 
We all did it. See, now we're we all, all repeating. We all do it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 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 Gilly. Um, Emily, what about you? How is your... What's up with you? I mean, I'm, I'm going to Hawaii next week. Uh, I've never been to Hawaii in my life. I know everyone's going to Hawaii right now, and it's like somewhat problematic and and i and i and i'm sorry and i'm and i booked my the trip was booked before i thought about that it could be problematic which is in and of itself problematic sometimes it's hard for me that people i don't know listen to um me talk uh on this podcast but anyway i'm going to why next week um and i'm very excited i really am very excited um, Joel and I are going to go just for fun, just for uh, five days. And I, in anticipation of going to Hawaii, I'm trying to make 1000 outfits, as you both know. And so all I'm doing in every minute of my free time is making a thousand outfits and I'm pretty overwhelmed, but I think it will, I think I'll be uh, glad I did it. But yeah, so all of my time is being focused on like curating vibes for every single day in Hawaii. <laughs> but I love it. it you know I think we'll see. I think it'll be good. I'm ex- I'm excited about what I got so far. Being able to like control my aesthetic to such a degree now with these new hobbies I've picked up is as I've said before a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um because so it many is options. It is my very favorite thing to do and also like I, I need to not always do it. But I could if I really spent all my time on it, which is what I've been doing. Oh, well, well. you know, on the subreddit collapse, <laughs> oh, Jesus no, Sammy, Christ, no. about the imminent collapse of human <laughs> no. civilization, which you did they, not subscribe to. I but did you, not. But, but I, you'd have looked at. <laughs> I take a peek now and again. <laughs> Uh, One of the things it often says and suggests is to learn how to mend your own clothing. Wow. You're ahead of the game here. Thank God I'm prepared for the collapse of society. (laughs) Thank God. No, I'll be over here fucking trying to make a vibe for each day. Like, (laughs) I won't be. Your (laughs) post-apocalyptic closet. What would that be filled with? Just like camo, like things with like tons of pockets? So many pockets. I would add pockets. Yeah, it would become very utilitarian, but like cool. Yeah. Mm, A lot of inside pockets. I would make like quilted jackets with inside Uh pockets. You know what else you would need? A lot of reversible stuff. Like I feel like that would come in handy. (laughs) Yes. Now you're thinking. You know what's going to become in handy is remember those pants like in um, elementary, middle school that zipped into capris and then into shorts? Uh We're all going to be wearing. Oh, shit. Should I make some of those? No, that's crazy. I might. We need multifunctional clothing, yeah. So that's what's going to be big in um, the uh, inevitable collapse of our <laughs> society. Uh, Layers and pockets yeah, and, yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And another pretty cool and fun thing is this week's movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm, you guys mm-hmm. are gonna love oh i'm sure I think you're wrong <laughs> as henley mentioned it is the fly we have our video backgrounds of flies behind us mm-hmm. so appropriate uh it, it was it came out in 1986 directed by david cronenberg written by charles edward pogue and david cronenberg based on a short story by george uh langelan Starring Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis, and John Getz. And it is available to rent for three ninety nine. 
a small mm. price to, to pay for <laughs> some I of the gnarliest was, body horror. <laughs> yeah, I forgot this was Cronenberg, and, and now I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. You know, I feel like I had to watch this in college Mm. for a class and I've blocked out the entire thing. Like, I don't remember. I mean, I know what happens in it because it's pretty straightforward what happens, but I don't really actually remember. Right. Yeah. But no, I've never seen anything. I I think I thought at one point, like, oh, I could watch The Fly mainly because I don't know, because Jeff Goldblum's in it. So I was like, how bad can it be? But that's like not the bar like actors can be in things like he's in jurassic park so this is gonna be the same as jurassic park right Um, but i don't think it is can i ask a really stupid question of course what is jeff goldblum like (laughs) most famous for that's not a stupid question because i feel like he's really famous and i like really know who he is but then when i think about what he's been in i can think of jurassic park and the fly and that's it which when does jurassic park come out like 1990 or something after this yeah. it's after the fly right okay yeah yeah i feel like it would be jurassic park would be his most famous but yeah the first thing he was in was annie hall um he's in oh. who is he in annie hall he just answers a, answers a phone and oh okay so okay he lit- like literal first like literal thing first he's thing in. okay okay um and yeah they actually didn't want to cast him in this movie because he was so not well known at this point so i think jurassic park is what kind of put him more on the map map. so maybe this was this like made him a a castable actor and then jurassic park made him like yeah because also i think too that it's that he was so hot in jurassic park like they made him like his like shirt down and like you know he's a very sexy man he's a very sexy man and now I feel like he's just in every um, fucking Wes Anderson movie. Like, that's oh, what he's been yeah. doing lately, I feel. Yeah, that's true. So, so Jurassic Park was 1993. I'm just looking this up really, really quick. He's been yeah. in. Okay. He was in. He's in uh, Boss Baby, which comes out this year. <gasps> I've heard it's good. Boss Baby 2, you mean? Boss Baby 2. Yeah, Boss, ba- Boss Baby Family <laughs> Business. <laughs> Um, you heard it's good? I've heard it's good. <laughs> that, what a fucking relief. Um, I haven't heard. Yeah, he's just in a bunch of Wes Anderson, Life Aquatic, Grand Budapest Hotel. He's in the Independence Day movies. Right. That's right. It might be Independence Day. That's his most known thing. Also, he's in Marvel movies. He's in Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor. Ragnarok. As, he's in. Yeah, as Grand I don't even Master. remember him in Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't I either. I it must be the same character, right? Because it's the same um, Yeah, he plays world. Grand Master. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's his character. Uh, well, I have met Jeff Goldblum a number of times. This is right. This is So right, I, I have to brag about it. Yeah, he plays piano, jazz piano, and used to play gigs in L.A. pretty regularly. So I would go all the time just because I was obsessed with him. So yeah, you really were. I've held hands with him. I've kissed him on the cheek. Sammy, I forgot this. Yeah, and you stopped being obsessed with him. Why he did something weird? I think Keanu just took over. Okay, but I also feel like maybe we all were sort of like, oh, he's just like maybe. Too old and weird. Uh, I mean, his he dates people my age, (laughs) and his wife. He has a baby. He has a a wife and and a a baby. And how old is he? He is, I think, sixty-five. And his wife is. I'm thirty-five. He's sixty-eight. He's sixty-eight, and she is thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. 
you know how fucked up my brain is? I was like, that's not that bad. No, it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) But they've been together for a while. That makes it worse. Yeah, because she was very young. She was younger. Oh, okay. The names of their children are Charlie Ocean and River Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Uh, (laughs) River Joe. River Joe is such a hard second to Charlie Ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Guys, here is a picture of me and Jeff. Stand out of town. Does you not look this, like you. At you have the same bangs. All. Are those bangs? <laughs> those yeah, are bangs. bangs. That's when your hair was like reddish and bangs, right? Yeah, not my best look, but Jeff was there. So, but Jeff was there. A good day, nonetheless. Um, what's your cutoff point? Do you think actually to date a man? Age? Mm. Yeah, because sixty-eight. Even like honestly, even if it's Jeff Goldblum, it's like. You're 68. Like, I, I, I really don't think I could get past the thought of, like, 68, a 68-year-old's, like, body touching mine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Am I going to be, am I going to regret saying this? The 60, our 68-year-old audience is going to come for you. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with a 68-year-old's body, but I don't you want, it, want on it on my you. body. You are not also, 68. I'm not 68. So you haven't had time to come to terms with what a 68-year-old body means. Exactly. You'll be prepared for it when you're 68. And not a moment sooner. And you'll think it's hot at that point. Because you'll be like, I'm hot and I'm 68. No, I am curious what your answers to this are. I feel like I know my answer. Um, Well, I think probably 42. I was going to say 45. Ooh. I was going to say 50, which, but then I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> um, no, I think 45. I could do 45 for sure. I could do 45 for sure. Well, it's just because I think about people I know. I think about people I know who are 40. Right. And I'm like, and I'm like oh. They're young. Yeah. That's like not that much older, actually. Yeah. The you people, know? I know some hot, hot 40-year-olds. I know some hot 45-year-olds. Yeah. Maybe I'm yeah. going back to 50. Yeah. Yeah. It does feel like a big jump to say 50. It's about the person, but also not if they're 68. As Twilight says, age is just a number. Age Age is just just a number, number, baby. But also 68 is a little too old for a 38. It's It's too much of a number. It is too much of a number. I'm really glad we cleared this up. Uh, well, just two th- two quick things. One, wouldn't it be tricky? Like you wouldn't get a lot of the same cultural references. Yes, absolutely. No, one hundred percent. I dated someone who, I mean, now is in his forties, and we yeah had like cultural like favorite bands. He was like grew up in the eighties and like completely was different experience. Always playing eighties music, and I was like, I'm a nineties girl. And this mm-hmm. is yeah. a huge disconnect. <laughs> TV shows, even just like moments in time you would yes. have experienced so differently and i think some of that stuff doesn't matter as much to everyone but but it that is a lot it would be weird to be like where were you in 9 11 it's like i was in sixth grade math class and they were like i was like at my third job yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had. And just being like, I, I just especially when i see like 20 year olds with 50 year olds i'm just like a 20 year old's brain is so stupid like i just I, yeah. let alone cultural references just like what do you talk about 
I thought I knew so much when I was 20 and I wouldn't want to talk to myself at 20. Now. And that gets you know into I mean? like a power dynamic, too. Mm, and so right. it gets tricky, especially when one of those people is Leonardo DiCaprio, which I really yeah. don't, which I really, I really don't, don't like. like it. <laughs> also, yeah, no, I really. How old is Leo? He's not he's 50. Fi- yeah, he's in his 50s for sure. In his 50s? Yeah. Oh, shit. I think of him as like always. I think he's in. Is he in his 50s now? Or is he, he in your 40s? Be. Oh, no, okay, he's 46. Yeah, a hard 46. Okay, so, so. <laughs> he's lived a hard life. Oh my god, I'm sorry. That was mean. But I don't no, but, like that he dates 20 year olds. Yeah, he doesn't live well. Let's just say. Let's just say that. And and he's lived many lifetimes in those 46 years. Um, the other quick thing I want to say mm-hmm. is that even if you have like a very healthy relationship and you're like deeply in love and all, all of that, it would fucking suck to be the one 30 years younger. Oh, it would be and awful. Then, and then your person you're like madly in love with and you've built this relationship with is going to get like kind of pass away like so much earlier than you. Right. And, and that would be so just sad. Pass away, just like get ailment. Yeah. Like even yeah. especially because women live longer than men. So in, in, the dynamic is typically that that the man is older than the woman. And, and like, I know that would just be really hard working at my, my salon job in Beverly Hills. You, you believe it, uh, if, if you can, that that <laughs> dynamic is present in some of our clients. And um, yeah, it's, it's just like you get to a point like the women are 60 and their husbands are 80 and like, OK, so you're going to die soon. And mm-hmm. I'm still a 60 year old woman. Like. Mm-hmm. Which is fucking young, and it's yeah, it's a lot to let, sign yourself up for, especially then when you have kids. Like Jeff Goldblum's kid mm-hmm. exactly. is going to live most of his life without his dad, and then his, and Jeff Goldblum's wife is going to live most of her life without her partner. It would be so sad. Which is tough. I'm just saying it would be sad. It would be tough. That's all we're saying. That's is that it would saying. be sad. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody remembers this conversation later, just remember that all we're saying is that it would be sad. <laughs> Just remember that. <laughs> so the fly. The fly. <laughs> All right, folks, grab your bourbon. You are gonna need it. It is cocktail hour, and this week we are drinking a lucid fly cocktail. For the lucid fly, you will need one ounce of bourbon, one ounce of cherry hearing, two ounces of tang, a fourth a teaspoon of absinthe, and a dash of cherry bitters. You will combine all of those ingredients in your cocktail shaker with ice and shake and strain into an ice-filled old-fashioned glass, and you will garnish with an orange round. Nothing makes me thirstier than a little bit of body horror, so enjoy. Cheers. All right, let's get into some trivia. Uh-huh. Uh, it is. It has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. A 79% on Metacritic, a 7.6 on IMDb. The budget was somewhere between 9 and 15 million. It made 60.6 million. Mm. Um, and I think just important to point out, it is a remake. There is a 1958 version of this film starring I didn't Vincent know that. Price. Mm-hmm. Oh. Which I've never seen. I I own it. Someone bought it for me as a gift, and I've still never seen it. It's on DVD, and I don't have a DVD player, unfortunately. That's also so sad. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Henley. I appreciate that. That's so sad. It won an Academy Award for Best Makeup for Chris Wallace and Stefan Dupuis. Oof, boy. Don't know if I said that right. But 
the makeup is like truly incredible. The special special effects and makeup is is really amazing. Um, it took almost five hours to apply the most extensive makeup to Jeff Goldblum at like the final stages of the film, which like I feel like doesn't sound like as long as some other movies we've talked yeah, about. But that would suck. I know so it's still much. Awful. It would be so boring and uncomfortable. Wait, how long? How long was it? Five hours. Did you say? Five hours. Yeah, because um, uh, in Ginger Snaps, it was something like insane, like 12 hours right. for her to get into her like werewolf costume. Spoiler alert. She turns into a werewolf <laughs> in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ugh, and then imagine, yeah, you're sitting in a chair for five hours, then you have to go do your job. Mm-hmm. And then you're so tired and someone has to, like, take it all off of you. Off of you. <laughs> mm-hmm. What a drag. What a drag. God fucking damn it. I can't <laughs> not do it. <laughs> um, Get out of my head, me. Okay. <laughs> some casting what ifs. We like these. Mm-hmm. Because, as I mentioned, they did not want Jeff Goldblum because they did not think that he was famous enough. A big mm-hmm. enough draw. So other names that were considered were Michael Keaton, Mel Gibson, mm-hmm. James Woods, John Lithgow, Richard Dreyfus, Willem Dafoe, and John Travolta. Ooh, Willem Dafoe would have been great. Willem yeah, Dafoe that's a good one. would be great in everything. I fucking love Willem Dafoe, as yeah. we all know. And I think he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> and he has a huge penis. <laughs> <laughs> These two things... If you say the name Willem Dafoe, two things must be mentioned. Sammy thinks he's hot. He has a huge penis. And we will, ne- listeners will never let you down on those two things. Anytime that name is mentioned. And we won't dive into the complications of the age difference there. And no, because, because we've already addressed it. <laughs> it just would be sad if I dated him, okay? It would, it would be, be sad, sad to watch him die before me. <laughs> we've addressed it. <laughs> Oh boy. You know how we feel. <laughs> um, at the time, Jeff Goldblum was dating Gina Davis and he actually suggested her for the part. Uh, they were married. They were married. Oh my God. What a cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't she like so much more famous than he was? Maybe not yet. I'm not, I don't think so. When was Thelma and Louise? I think Thelma oh. and Louise was after. I in the 80s. And when was the League of Their Own? 90s? Yeah. That's 90s. And yeah, Thelma and Louise uh, was 91. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Man, she's fucking so cool. She's very cool. She's very cool. So David Cronenberg met with some opposition when he announced that he wanted to cast Jeff Goldblum in the lead role. The executive at Fox, who was supervising the project, felt that Goldblum was not a bankable star. And Chris Wallace felt that his face would be difficult to work with for the makeup effects. Both, however, <laughs> deferred to Cronenberg's judgment. Cronenberg himself later had reservations what? when Goldblum suggested Gina Davis, his girlfriend at the time, for the other lead role, as he did not want to have to work with a real-life couple. Cronenberg was convinced after Davis's first reading that she was right for the role. Producer Stuart Kornfeld suggested that they audition more actresses, saying, It's the script that's brilliant. Kornfeld relented after nobody else even came close. It's very funny to be like, it's not Gina Davis that's good. It's the script. Anyone could do this. <laughs> Jesus. No, I wouldn't want to work with a real life couple either, though. I feel like I that, that could be complicated. But hey, good for all of them. Yeah. They were married, you said, Sammy? 
I don't know if they were married at this time, but they were married at a time. Yes. Oh. Um, well, it seems like they really supported each other, at least in this moment of their lives. So yeah. that's very nice. Yeah. And they're so age appropriate. Yes, they are. Um, some other casting options for Gina Davis's character, I guess. <clears throat> so the a ones list of that people were who didn't even come close. come close were <laughs> Jennifer Jason Lee and Laura Dern. So hmm. hard to believe that they sucked, but yeah, doubt it. They might just not have been the right energy for the thing, you know. Sure. There's sure, no sure, way they sure. sucked. I don't buy it for a second. I don't buy it. I love Jennifer Jason Lee and Laura Dern, and I love Laura Dern. Yeah. Uh, we have some director what ifs. It was, I guess, at one point going to be Tim Burton directing. Whoa. That would have been different. Interesting. Which means it would have starred Johnny Depp. Yep, that's right. Yep. And then it was uh, Robert Bierman was signed on and like starting the project. He is the director of Vampire's Kiss, one of my all time favorites. Um, but his daughter tragically died in an accident right before, and so he dropped out because he said the movie was too dark. And also, oh, I don't think the movie needed he, to be dark in order no, to uh, yeah. dropping out being okay, I think. Yeah. Oh, that's very sad. Very that's sad. Um, and then, <laughs> this was just in the trivia, it's a director trademark, David Cronenberg, multiple instances of carnage. Just made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. What's his most famous other than the fly? Videodrome? Yeah, I don't really know, actually. Videodrome. um, That's the one I know I think the fly is his most famous. Yeah, okay. But, um, yeah, he's obviously one of the basically started body horror. If you're talking body horror, David Cronenberg's in that conversation. Very cool. That's all I have. Should we watch the trailer? Oh. Let's yes. watch the trailer. I think you're making a mistake. I think you really want to talk to me. Sorry, I have three other interviews to do before this party's over. Yeah, but they're not working on something that'll change the world as we know it. They say they are. Yeah, but they're lying. There is a limit, even to the imagination. Human teleportation, molecular decimation, breakdown, and reformation is inherently purging. <laughs> Where our greatest creations meet our deepest fears. Something went wrong, Seth. When you went through, something went wrong. You are about to go beyond that limit. Those weird hairs that were growing out of your back, I I had them analyzed. But they were definitely not human. If you saw how scared and angry and desperate he is... I'm sure Typhoid Mary was a very nice person, too, when you saw her socially. No! You're afraid to be destroyed and recreated, aren't you? You're changing, Seth. Everything about you is changing. Oh, no. What's happening to me? Am I dying? I want to know what's going on. What does the disease want? It wants to turn me into something else. Oh, no. A fly. Got into the transmitter pod with me that first time when I was alone. Don't go back to it. it could be contagious. Uh, I'm afraid. Don't be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Help me. Please help me. 
gonna like it? No, no I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like this at all. <laughs> oh, no. It was so gross, and it's like sad. It is. It sad. Was, yeah, it's sad. sad. It's really and gross. sad. I don't sad like gross. either of those things. <laughs> Uh, it kind of reminds me of um, what was that movie about the aliens that ate cat food? Um, District Nine. District Nine. Um, yeah. Oh, th- that one really fucked me up too. It's just the idea of like your body turning into something else is just well, absolutely horrific. As a kid, one of my scariest things I ever saw to me was fucking. Disney's Pinocchio, when those boys turn into donkeys, is very scary and very upsetting. So I'm not going to yeah. like this. This is, this is very similar to that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or an- Animorphs. Remember that book series? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I that can picture cool. every cover. Mm-hmm. Like, a diagonal <laughs> line of, like, boy... Most boy, mostly boy, little bit dolphin. Half boy, half dolphin. Half do- or mostly dolphin, little bit boy, full dolphin. <laughs> Pew! Um, so it's going right, like to be like that, right? It's going to be like that. Okay, are you guys, I guess tell us about it. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Um, ready as I'll ever be. I think I'm going to use some visual aids. I have a uh, video or a, a picture background on the Zoom. So, Sammy! If That's you're, really me. <laughs> if you're listening, you might hear some reactions to some visuals. If you want to see the visuals, <laughs> head on over to our Patreon and join us. This is excellent marketing, Sammy, but I'm not happy. Yeah, I knew you wouldn't be, but oh, fuck. it's going to be fun. We're going to have a little bit of fun. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet, so you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. 
that's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. All right. Okay, so we jump right into Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis's characters meeting each other for the first time. Their names are Seth Brundle and Veronica Quaife, and they are at some, like, science conference, a press event, uh, where she's talking to him, and he's basically saying that he's working on something really... um, really big and it's going to change the world as we know it. And she kind of is rolling her eyes at him. Like, yeah, I've I've got three more interviews to do. Everybody's saying that. And he's like, yeah, but they're all lying and I'm telling the truth. I mean it. And eventually convinces her to come back to his place to see what he show her, what he's working on. Um, and they drive there and, it's like an abandoned warehouse, and I personally would be absolutely terrified driving to an abandoned warehouse with a man I just met who's like, let me show you my science I'm creations. changing the world. <laughs> yeah, come with me. She doesn't seem scared at all, I guess, because it's Jeff Goldblum and he's hot, but I think yeah, still There's nothing danger. to fear with a hot man. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> no, my my danger sensors were going off, but not Gina Davis's. and. Guess what? She's right. He's not bad yet. And so she goes in and uh, there's like these two things in in his house that look like she calls them like funny telephone booth things. And he says they're teleporters and she's still rolling her eyes at him. Let's change to a little background, get some. Oh, they have the oh, same hair. They have the same hair. <laughs> they have the exact same hair. 86, when everybody's hair was the same. Everybody's hair is they the same. They also kind of have like similar, they have like siblings or dating vibes to me a little bit. I could you see know? it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, they have a similar intensity of a, appearance. Yeah. Uh, so he shows her, he basically says, okay, give me something of yours, something personal. And I'll show you. And she takes off her shoe and takes off her uh, pa- one of her pantyhose and gives it to him. It's very like a little sexy scene. Sexy. And he lays it in one of the telepods. And there's a little control panel that he speaks into that's voice activated. He says, like, Seth Brundle, initiate teleportation sequence. Computer's like, do, 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 do. And the stalking basically evaporates and reappears in the other telepod. And she is pretty blown away, um, immediately pulls out her uh, tape recorder and starts taping him, uh, talk, asking him questions. But she doesn't tell him. She kind of slips it in her pocket and says, you know how... How did you do this? How have you been working on this alone? Like, how does nobody know about this? 
he's kind of answering some questions and then the tape recorder makes a noise that it needs to be flipped to the other side. And he's like, wait, 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 you're taping this? Like, you can't do that. There can't be a story about this. It's not ready yet. And she's like, well, I'm a journalist. Like, what did you think this was? And like, that's why I'm here. And I, too, am a little confused at what he thought was going on, if not this, where it was like, literally, you met at a press conference for science things. Anyways, he seems pretty upset that she would even consider writing an article about this. And um, she basically storms out and is like, that's why I'm here. This is stupid. I'm leaving. And she goes straight to her publishing house, uh, to her boss with the tape recorder and is playing back for him what uh, Seth has said. And uh, her boss's name is Stathis. And he doesn't believe it. He's kind of laughing like he's playing you for a fool. This is a joke. It's some sort of like magic trick. He must be a con man. And then Seth like rushes in and uh, basically looks at her like, well, you didn't waste any time like coming right here. And she's like, I'm not getting any younger. She's an 80s businesswoman. Gina Davis's vibe is pretty cool in this movie. <laughs> Hell yeah. And uh the bot staff this like kind of laughs at him and is like, oh, if you need something to evaporate, like I have an assistant that is really not great at his job. Ha ha. And like walks out and leaves them alone. And she's like, you know, frustrated and says like, he doesn't believe me. And Seth, big old fuf is like, oh, thank God, because I don't want an article written about this. Can I take you to lunch? Let's talk about this. So they go and get lunch. And he starts saying, you know, the thing that's missing and why I don't want this article out yet is that I can only teleport inanimate objects. And so it's not like super useful yet. And once I'm able to teleport living things, then it will be a much bigger deal and will actually be able to like change the world and change travel and change all of that. And what I'm offering you is a chance to document all of that. Like, why don't you uh, document this whole process step by step as I figure out how to cross this like next barrier into having this be like a true teleportation device? So she agrees. She says, OK, that sounds pretty good. I would just like to say I disagree. I think it's a pretty fucking big deal that you figured out how to teleport inanimate yeah, objects. That's true. Yeah, also, that would be so cool to be like, oh, fuck, I forgot this thing. Can somebody just teleport, you know? Yeah. Yeah, teleport it over. Yeah. yeah. Lost luggage wouldn't be a problem yeah. oh, anymore. Oh, it's definitely, this is a, it is a big deal already, yes. It's 100% could be very useful to communities that don't have access to certain resources. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> or where my brain went, which was lost luggage, <laughs> which is just as important. Don't forget lost luggage. Um, <laughs> she asks what happens when you do try to teleport living things. He says, I can't tell you while we're eating. And so she goes home agrees to this goes home like i'll see you later and goes home and someone is showering in her shower and she just approaches it and opens the shower curtain if i came home and someone was showering in my shower i would get out of the house i feel like 100 percent. 
out of the house. She's she's not afraid of anything. She'll go to abandoned warehouses with strange men she's just met. She'll go straight to the person in the shower and pull back the shower curtain. She's not bothered. Uh, but it is Stathis, her boss, and we come to learn that they have a previous relationship that seems to now be over. She's very irritated that he's there. He said, I still have the key, and I was in the neighborhood. And she's like, and I was dirty, whatever. It was dirty, whatever. <laughs> and she's angry and she's like, give me your key back. I knew I should have changed the locks. Give me your key right now. Like, you can't come here anymore. Like, this is over. We're not together anymore. And you can tell that he still wants to be together with her and she doesn't. But she kicks him out. Then she goes back to Seth's house. He basically, like, lives in his little house lab. <laughs> and... They test it on, test the teleport telepods on a baboon. Let me change my visual aid. They just casually have a baboon? They have two baboons casually. Jesus Christ. Okay. Apparently the baboons were hard to work with because as we learned in, what was it? Baboons are tough. Mm. Uh, um, the omen? The omen, the, yeah. Yeah. The omen? Good memory, hun. Yeah, baboons are scary too. Like, I feel like. Yeah. But the babies are really cute. And their butts are very funny. Butts are for sure funny. That's true. <laughs> very funny. <laughs> Funniest butt you can work with, for sure. But yeah, man, I'd be scared to work with baboons. And apparently they were hard to train. And they said basically it probably only went well because Jeff Goldblum is six foot four and so had like clear dominance over the dominance? baboon and was like able to establish like you can't beat me in a fight i bet you anything jeff goldblum wrote that trivia was like immediately <laughs> wrote that trivia. but also like i could see him as a person who's like oh what is it it's a baboon okay oh it's a baboon and he's just like and he's fucking ready to like do like he probably was so unfazed yeah he's weird and yeah he was th he was thriving he was thriving yeah. in that situation absolutely thriving. yeah i forgot jeff goldblum is six That's four very tall he's tall that is it's extremely tall very very yeah. tall um, so they try it on this baboon and the baboon turns inside out, unfortunately, oh. and oh. it looks really gross. It's just kind of this pulsing puddle of like muscle and yuck. Oh. Um, and I don't know if you guys have seen Galaxy Quest, but a pretty similar thing happens. And I have, but it's been so long. Me too. Me too. Galaxy Quest. Um, and so, you know, they're. Still haven't figured this out, and they're just around the apartment place, and they're starting to kind of flirt. I mean, they've been flirty, but now they're really getting into some flirting. And um, she basically notices that he wears the same outfit every day, and he's like, oh, if I wear the same thing every day, I don't have to waste time like choosing an outfit in the morning. She like opens his closet, and it's like a cartoon closet of just like everything. Uh, 10 pairs of the same everything it's barack obama that's what he said when he was president because <laughs> you eliminate decision fatigue yeah if you don't also, think about though, what you i'm have to sorry buy. you're a man how many options do you have especially obama it's like you're wearing a suit every day you're wearing a, a suit and a shirt and a tie so right. what's it's all the same yeah. anyway yeah yeah anyway yeah I like to do that okay. with breakfast. I've been eating the same exact breakfast every day for a while now. I eat the same breakfast every day. Wait, what are your breakfasts that you guys eat? 
Um, plain Greek yogurt with berries. I eat a, a smoothie. Um, banana, spinach, ginger, lemon. It's really good. It is really good. Wow, you guys are great. I have been having <laughs> oatmeal a lot recently. Oatmeal's great. I can love oatmeal. Anyway. 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 <laughs> Uh, so she's very charmed by him. He's Jeff Goldblum after all. She says, you're very mm. cute. You know that? And that's all it takes. And boom, they're having sex. Boom. <laughs> um, as they have sex or after, as they're like finished having sex, he rolls over and says, ouch, ouch, <laughs> ouch. <laughs> and we see that he's rolled over basically onto like a computer chip that's stuck into his back. And... Veronica pulls it out and it just leaves like two kind of deep scratches on his back. Uh, she says she brought over steaks for them to eat that night. And he kind of looks like a little light bulb goes on and says, can we try something? And he takes one of the steaks and cooks it, puts the other steak through the teleport porter first and cooks that one and makes her take a bite out of each one. And she says, she spits out the one that's gone through the teleporter and she says, so it tastes wrong. It tastes synthetic. And mm. he says, that's it. The computer is doing, it's like approximation of what it thinks a steak is rather than just recreating the steak. And I don't totally get how he gets from A to B here, but this is his aha moment where he kind of figures out what the computer needs. And he's like, I need to teach the computer what a stake is before it can i don't know correctly like rearrange the particles or whatever something sure some science sure so she stays there all night and the next morning she leaves and we see that stathis has been following her and cool she goes to uh a, a men's clothing store to buy Seth a, a, a leather jacket and and staff is like pops out of the corner and is like okay fine I've been following you <laughs> and she's very angry and he basically says I can't believe you spent the night there and she says hey I'm onto something huge here and he says what is it his cock and it's oh, good one. like really crazy. And she's very annoyed with him. And Sir, basically- are you still my boss? Yes. Because. <laughs> yes. Uh-oh. Hey, this is the 80s. <laughs> this That's shit went on goes. until. She's lucky to even have a job. <laughs> this shit went on for <laughs> another 20 years before. And then it stopped. And then it stopped and never again. <laughs> and nobody's ever been sexually harassed by a boss since Me Too. <laughs> Thank God. Ugh. Um, so. She is angry, leaves him, and goes back to Seth's place, and they try the baboon experiment again with their second baboon they had on hand. (laughs) And um, with with his new calculations that he's done, it works. The baboon comes out the other side, alive and well. All he had to do was teach the computer what a baboon is. That's all you had to That's do. That's all you had to do. Duh. That's no problem. You know? Easy peasy. It's easy to it's easy to do that. Easy peasy. Um, and so they're popping champagne, they're celebrating, and then 
Seth has like something that Stathis sent over and it's basically a prototype of the story. And um, Veronica is really annoyed by this and like goes back and to Stathis is like, what's the hell? What the hell is this? And he's like, well, I'm the editor on the story. I'm the one who sent you out to get this story. This is my story, too. And she's like, are you kidding? Like, I'm this is my story. Stathis basically inserts himself. He's like, nope, like, sorry, I'm the editor. You'll report everything to me. And then at this moment also says, like, maybe we can just have um, casual sex. Like, I know you don't want to be in a relationship with me, but maybe we can just have sex. And she's... Women are so turned on by um, when men just abuse their position of power. I love um, it. Mm -hmm. And make them feel like shit. And then... Mm -hmm. Absolutely love it. Yeah, it's great. Works every time. This guy knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. <laughs> um. So... Seth is alone at home getting drunk and kind of piecing together that Stathis is her ex-boyfriend based on the way she kind of stormed out after seeing the article. I don't quite know how he puts it together, but he does. And he's like, it must be her, her ex-boyfriend. And he's getting jealous. And he is talking to the baboon. And it's very funny. The baboon actor is doing a good job in this scene where they're just kind of, you know, two dudes frustrated talking to each other and we see a little fly buzzing around the baboon's head the baboon swatting at it and seth says you know what i'm gonna go through the thing right now i'm gonna do it right now he looks pretty hot in this scene wow <laughs> iconic iconic also he looks really tall yeah he's tall yeah like that's a long body he's got a long body six foot four inches of it poof poof and so he sets up the camera. He's going to film it for her, but he goes through and comes out the other side. And the baboon runs and jumps into his arms. <laughs> oh, because he's so relieved. Yeah. Immediately forgotten that he flipped his friend inside out. Yeah. That, that, Maybe that they were matter. friends. I think he Maybe does apologize friends. to him when he's drunk. He's like, I know that I'm sorry about your brother, but it wasn't for nothing. Oh, brother! Yeah. Not friends. Mm -hmm. Family. Family. <laughs> oh, and also we we saw that the fly flew into the teleporter when he went through. Oh, yeah. no. Um, oh, no. So. Feels pretty crazy to have your a huge scientific like magnum opus in the same space that you live and cook steak and drink and have a baboon. Like, I feel like it should be in a sterile environment. This should be unbelievably well maintained. Yeah. Also, well, he should also have, like, at least one other person there when he does this. Well, he's got a baboon. <laughs> yeah. You're right. You're uh, right. Baboons are people, assistant too. Assistant baboon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Okay, here we go. Veronica comes back. He calls her Ronnie, by the way, which just makes me think of Riverdale. Um, and sh he's, like, basically, like, is Stathis your ex? I got jealous. I'm sorry. And she's like, yeah, but I don't, I like, don't want to be with him anymore. And he's relieved. They kiss. And he tells her, I went through the thing, but I taped it for you. I'm sorry. I was kind of, I was drunk. I was upset. And, um, she's like, that's okay. And they, um, are hugging. His shirt is off. And we see that the cut in his back from laying on the chip has kind of thick black hairs growing out of it. Kind of like almost as thick as wire. Uh, they fall asleep and a fly is buzzing around his face 
while he's sleeping and from asleep his hand just shoots up grabs the fly and he it like wakes him up and he wakes up and opens his hand and sees the fly in it just caught a fly in his sleep no big deal wakes up in the morning and he starts doing basically olympic level gymnastics he kind of realizes he is feeling really good and really strong ronnie wakes up to him basically doing handstands balanced on a chair and then there's like an exposed pipe that he's using as a kind of bar to flip on he he flips on it and like runs on the ceiling he's doing crazy shit he is uh, uh something's up but she's at this point ronnie's just like wow my boyfriend is really hot <laughs> and like so <laughs> and so strong she's still just like not suspicious not suspicious at all. yet uh they go to get breakfast and he starts putting so much sugar in his coffee coffee spoon after spoon after spoon after spoon of sugar and she kind of makes a comment like do you ever take coffee with your sugar and it's like huh what oh and like just doesn't even notice it keeps talking he's talking a hundred miles an hour as if he's coked out of his mind he's like this is the beginning of that this is my unlocking my potential (laughs) and he says like actually you know what i'm i am gonna have a danish waiter waiter and like this is gonna be so great waiter jesus christ fucking waiter like he's getting like really irritable and crazy and she's now kind of leaning back like okay something is a little different about him and uh but they they go back home and they have sex and (laughs) she said it's like we come to it at the end and she's like she's like i don't know if i can go anymore i don't know how you've been doing this for so many hours (laughs) like they've just been having sex for hours and hours and she's like tapping out um and we see that he has kind of a rash on his face now um like some red spots and she feels the hairs from his back and points them out and he isn't doesn't seem too bothered by him he's like oh i don't don't know what that is like who cares she takes scissors and cuts them off and um he at this point is saying to her ronnie i want you to go through it too i feel amazing i feel the best i've ever felt if you go through it we'll be like a super couple we'll be a power couple we'll be the dynamic duo like we're gonna be so good and he starts kind of like dragging her towards the teleporter like your turn your turn you're gonna do it and she's and like i don't want i don't want to do it don't i'm like i'm not gonna go through it. i'm scared i don't want to do it and he just immediately snaps at her and says well you're a fucking drag aren't you like if you're not gonna do it if you're too chicken shit to do it i'll find someone who is i'll find someone who can keep up with me and he kicks her out and she's very upset and is but again like okay something something is happening and he heads out and goes to a bar to try to find a lady to send through the teleporter to be the other half of his dynamic duo and he finds a lady and starts flirting with her she is uh there with another guy who is in an arm wrestling tournament and she's like well that's like my boyfriend he's a big dude and uh seth is like very cocky and is like oh like can i get next in the tournament i got a hundred bucks i can beat either of you and uh the big guy that she came with is like immediately uh like annoyed by him and is like yeah fuck it let's do it i'm gonna teach you a lesson 
And so they sit down to arm wrestle and Seth is very strong and this guy's sweating and sweating and their arms are just not moving. They're both in the middle, like neither going either direction until snap his bone. The other guy's bone pops out of his wrist and his whole (gasps) forearm snaps in half and it just starts like pouring blood and he's screaming and Seth just like puts his arm around the girl and is like, let's get out of here. Like I won. (laughs) And like the girl is seemingly unfazed by this she's like oh wow he's so strong what are you a bodybuilder or something like no (laughs) ma'am what just happened was not not something that is supposed to make you want to go home with this man that is not correct women are not behaving correctly in this (laughs) men are the men are all fine Oh, was arm wrestling like more of a thing in the 80s and the 90s? I feel like as a kid, like arm wrestling came up all the time. But it's like as an adult, I haven't heard about arm wrestling in years. I feel like everything in the real world was a bigger thing in the 80s and 90s. Now everything is tech. <gasps> That's a good point. Good point. There's probably a, an arm wrestling app. You're right. Where you can arm wrestle your friends digitally. Yeah. Ugh. Um, so he takes the girl back to his place and, um, he shows her the teleporter. He goes through it again to basically be like, see, it works. It's cool. And no big deal here. We see the, the cut on his back now that it's grown more hairs back and it's like pussing. It has like yellow pus coming out of it. Um, and they have sex and after they have sex, he is pressuring her to go through the um, telepod. And she says, I, I don't want to. And um, she says, how about a nice alcohol rub instead and starts pouring alcohol on his back? Do you guys have has anybody ever had an alcohol rub? Nope, <laughs> that's not nope, a thing. That's not a thing. It's not a thing. That's definitely not a it's thing. It's just a way to get alcohol onto the cut on his back, I guess, because then he gets annoyed and he's like, ow, that hurts. Like, don't do that. And so he gets annoyed with her and like grabs her by the wrist and is like, you're going through the thing. You're going through the thing. Starts dragging her to the telepod. And uh, as he gets out there, Ronnie walks in and well, the girl was saying like, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. And he's saying, don't be afraid. Ronnie walks in and says, be afraid, be very afraid. And the girl's like, who's this now? And um, Seth makes some like, shitty comment and the girl's like okay i'm out of here this is see you later and she leaves and ronnie says to seth you look bad you smell bad something is wrong like something happened when you went through the telepod something is up something is not right uh let's see here Mm. we're we're at about this we're Ah! about this phase now so he's getting a little that's not good Get a little blistery on the face. He's got hairs kind of poking out of his face as well now, too. Um, she says, I took the hairs from your back to a lab and had them analyzed. And he says, like, that's a pretty weird thing to do. And <laughs> I don't know why it really made me laugh. <laughs> really overreacting. <laughs> well, that's a pretty fucking weird thing to do. She says, not as weird as what the results fa- showed me. The hairs are not human. They're insect. 
And he's, he's yelling at her more. He's saying, I'm free and you can't stand it. You'll do anything to bring me down. Does this look like a sick man to you? And he starts punching <laughs> holes in the wall and like punching through the banisters. And again, kicks her out. I don't need you anymore. Get out of here. You're just trying to bring me down. And so now he's by himself. And he goes to the bathroom and is looking at himself in the mirror. He sees the blisters on his face, hairs on his face, and uh, starts looking down at his fingernails. And oh god, one of his fingernails just basically pops right off. Oh gross! And then he's like squeezing it, and like pus Ah! pus shoots out of it, hits the mirror, and (laughs) it's so gross. And then he looks and uh, like peels another fingernail off. And now his what? fingernails are just coming off. And he's looking horrified now. And he sits like on the ba- uh, down on the bathtub, edge of the bathtub. And he's like, okay, yes, yeah, so she's right. <laughs> Something is wrong. This isn't normal. Um, yep. He goes to the telepods, types into the little control panel. Give me the details of the teleportation, what happened when I went through. And it pulls up primary subject seth brundle secondary subject unknown and he's like secondary subject what is secondary subject and kind of goes do 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 it like zooms in we get it pull goes in and in and in until we see that it is a fly and he said he types in it's like a you type in a question and the computer types back an answer situation he types in uh what happened to fly and the computer answers fusion and he types in assimilation question mark brendel absorbed the fly and computer writes back negative fusion of brendel and fly at a molecular genetic level oh boy yikes Uh, oh boy and he looks very horrified by this news and it fades to black and some time has passed. Maybe you should have done more than one test on one baboon. <laughs> yeah. Also, I love that he hadn't looked this up until now. He's like, doesn't need to see the results of the of the no, test. He felt too amazing. On himself. Yeah, he felt great. He felt so and good. Ronnie does say that to him. She says, like, I can't believe you didn't like do more Look tests on the baboon. <laughs> like, this is crazy. Too late for all of that now. Um so Ronnie gets a phone call from him, basically says, like, I haven't heard from you in four weeks. What? Where have you been? And he says, I've been afraid for you to see me. And now I'm oh, afraid no. for you to not see me. And so please, can oh, you no. come over? Oh, no. Oh, Sammy, what do you oh, got? Oh, this is going to be this is going to be so dark <laughs> and sad. OK, so. Yeah, we're, we're uh, looking about like this <gasps> now. <laughs> and so she whoa she come he looks yeah what is he he does not look like a fly yet he looks like a werewolf or he something. looks like he's in the thriller music video mm-hmm. he does look like he's in the thriller music video yeah so she comes over and he basically says you were right there was a fly in the in the telepod i don't know it's happening it's giving me like some strange form of novel form of cancer i don't know what's going on um, he's got a twitch now and he's walking strangely. He's kind of about, ba- he's like leaned forward at like a 45 degree angle and using canes on his hands. Ah, scary. And he's wearing gloves cause all of his fingers are all fucked up. Oh God. 
and um he she is crying and she says we there must be something we can do we need to you to hospital like maybe they can do something and he's like no like i'm not gonna go to a hospital and be some test subject and like have everyone just like poking and prodding me and humiliating me um and he goes and grabs a donut he has things like all over the kitchen table the place is like a mess and he grabs a donut and throws up onto it just without warning here we go (laughs) sammy no new I'll thing change. of showing us these this images that, okay i'll go back to this one <laughs> this just for a second just for a second he throws up on it she's horrified is like what the fuck and he's like oh yeah sorry i like that's gross i forgot that that's a gross thing that you shouldn't see and she says well why did you call me if you don't want help like if you don't want to go to a doctor why call me and then his ear falls off and pus is like coming out of his ear and he says no no not my ear not my ear (laughs) and he says to her i called you because i'm scared i'm scared like please just uh, be with me and she like holds him and they're like crying together and oh that's so sad jesus very sad and then she goes to back to the publishing house to stathis is basically asking him for help for some reason and she needs more friends yeah i was like we need to introduce another character into this movie but Mm -hmm. she goes to stathis and says you know things are really bad if you could see how much he is in pain how desperate he is and stathis says well why don't you show me why don't you tape him and so she goes back and as she gets back to his house she's calling out his name seth seth doesn't see him and he's like up here and he is walking around (gasps) on the ceiling his hands and feet now stick to the the walls and the ceiling and he seems like he's in better spirits now he's like i think like I'm changing, I'm changing into something else. And like, look at this, look at this. There's a part where he like lifts up his shirt and he and he's got like a nasty thing on his stomach. He's like, what's this? I don't know. And honestly, there's no better casting than Jeff Goldblum yeah, for this. I yeah. know. What's this? I don't know. I don't know. Uh-huh. And then he says, this is a disease with a purpose. And I'm... I'm not becoming a fly. I'm becoming a new thing. I'm becoming something that never has been before. I'm becoming Brundlefly. And okay. he says, you, sh- you have to chronicle this. They get out the video camera. She starts taping him. He does a demonstration of how he eats, basically says, you know, I, I still have teeth, but I can't um eat solid food because flies can't digest solid food so i have to vomit a corrosive enzyme onto the food and then slurp it back up and so it cuts to then okay, i hate the same don't the past you fucking dare of, yeah in the past couple of podcasts you've had to use the word slurp no, it was squelch last <laughs> time <laughs> No, you use slurp I in audition. I do think slurp happened somewhere. Slurp definitely happened in audition multiple times. Yes, the vomit. Oh, it did. I'm not, oh, no, it did. <laughs> yes, the vomit. This is a similar situation. Both are slurping. 
Okay. <laughs> so. No visuals, please. No, that vomiting one was the only one I had. Okay, thank you. And it cuts to Stathis's reaction as he's watching this tape playback, and it doesn't show him slurping the vomit up, but we just hear the sound effects of the like. Ah! <laughs> and as they're watching this, Ronnie starts sobbing, and Stathis is like, what's wrong? And I'm thinking, what the fuck do you think is wrong? <laughs> But she says, I'm pregnant. And oh, I'm so sorry, Henley. I did not know there was a pregnancy in this movie. God, that's fucking everywhere. everywhere. Jesus Christ. (gasps) Oh, no. And it happened after he. I mean, they had sex before and after. So there's no way to know. It could, it could be, it could be fine, and it could be not fine at all. A fly baby, yeah. A fly baby, no. (laughs) So we cut to a clinic of her going to get an abortion, and the doctor. Yeah, you gotta do that. There's like a few doctors in scrubs around her. The doctor, it's a cameo by David Cronenberg himself. And they're like in an operating room. There's blood. And he's like, he's like, there's more. There's more in there. There's so much more. And so they're like, push, push. We need you to get this out. She's screaming. Holy shit. She's screaming. She's scared. And she's like, no, no, wait. Like, I don't like this. And out of her comes a two foot long, like, larva thing wriggling around. Oh, my God. And then she wakes up and it was a it was a nightmare. It was a dream. Thank God. Um, But thank God. So she is still pregnant. The pregnancy was not a dream, but just that that was a dream. Uh, Then we see Seth back in his lab typing into the computer that he has a plan of how to reduce the percentage of fly in him by fusing with another human. We don't like this plan. And as he's talking to his computer, it stops recognizing his voice. He is changing so much that his voice is different. So he just changes it to like um, manual whatever passwords. And as he does that, he like puts his pencil in his mouth so that he can type. And all of his teeth just start falling out with the pencil in his mouth onto the keyboard. He scoops up all of his teeth. Oh, my God. No. (laughs) And goes to uh, his bathroom and there he like opens the bathroom mirror and there's just all of his body parts that have fallen off him. His ear, uh, like a bowl of all of his fingernails. And he's kind of like he's got his like twitch now he's twitching and he's like he's like the, the, the Museum of Brundle Artifacts, the Museum of Past Brundle Artifacts and twitching. Gross. Ronnie comes in crying and she's like, basically, like, I came, I have to tell you, I have to tell you. He kind of cuts her off and is like, he's like, oh, you, you sh- you've missed a lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> and it's like, I have like all my body parts in there. And she's just so horrified, but she like can't bring herself to tell him. And he gives a good speech here where he says, have you heard of, of insect politics? And she's like, no and he's like me neither it doesn't exist like i'm gonna be the first insect politician and 
<laughs> it's like because insects don't have politics. Insects are 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 they they don't have compassion. They don't do anything. Their their only goal is survival. And like I'll be the first insect politician. He says I'm an insect who dreamed he was a man, but now the dream is over and the insect is awake. And he's just he's he's losing it. He's becoming he's mm-hmm. becoming more insect than man is what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And. Mm-hmm. Ronnie's crying and says, I don't understand. What are you saying? And he says, I'm saying, if you stay, I'll hurt you. And she cries and she leaves and she runs outside. Stathis is outside waiting in the car. And she says, I couldn't tell him. I couldn't tell him if you could see what he's become. Like, we need to do the abortion now. We need to do it tonight. And he's like, it's the middle of the night. And she's like screaming. She's like, I don't fucking care. We're doing it. Like right now, right now. And so they get in the car and the camera pans up and we see that Seth is uh, like on the roof of the building and had been listening to all of this and has a look of look of recognition that he has uh, an unborn child. Um, So we go to the doctor's office in the middle of the night. Uh. The gynecologist is basically saying, you know, there are tests we can do if you think the baby's going to be deformed. Ronnie says, I don't want tests. Like, I just want the abortion. I want it now. And um, they're like, okay. Uh, And they take her into the uh, 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 like the doctor's office or the room and give her hand her a gown and the gynecologist says slip into that and we'll be on our way in no time which i just thought was a really crazy <laughs> line for someone to say when you're about to give someone an abortion i don't think that's ever been said before <laughs> we'll be on so our I'm way in no time into this just slip into this nice little thing just oh made my me god laugh. so they leave her in the um the room alone and as she is in there seth jumps through the window the glass window shattering it picks her up and like jumps out with her (gasps) oh jesus christ runs in after hearing this and inexplicably like punches the glass window that's left over and then like looks at his hand like ah (laughs) it's a really weird moment but really made me laugh uh, we see Seth and Ronnie talking on the roof of his place on like the roof of the warehouse that he lives in and his lab is in. And he's saying, like, please don't kill the baby. Please don't kill a baby. It might be all that's left of the real me. And she's crying and she says, like, I'm sorry, but I can't do it. I'm too I'm too scared. Um, this is what he looks like now, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrifying. He looks um what is, he looks like something out of like Mordor or something. I don't know. It's not a good not a good look. Uh that's horrifying. And she's um crying and yeah, again saying like I can't I can't do it. I'm sorry, I can't do it. And he says, Oh, that's that's a shame. And we see Stathis arrive. Uh, downstairs in his built in the building with a shotgun and he's running upstairs he goes in he's looking around and he see he looks at the control panel of the computer and we see that it has this text up that says that says um transmitter one 
subject A, transmitter 2, subject B, and he's pulled this like third transmitter out, transporter, whatever, I forgot what it's called now. <laughs> uh, and he's, it's like number three will be the receiver of pods one and two, telepod one and two. And he's kind of taking this in, like this um, plan to fuse two people together. And as he's looking at this, realizing in horror, Seth jumps from the ceiling and lands on him, knocks him down, hits the shotgun out of his hand. Seth, uh, Stathis tries to fight Seth. Seth grabs Stathis' wrist and just vomits onto it. And Stathis is screaming in pain. And we see, we just watch his hand disintegrate, melt basically down to the bone. Holy Ah. shit. And Stathis starts kind of dipping in and out of consciousness. And uh, then Seth leans down to his ankle, throws up on his ankle. His his basically shin deteriorates. He like pulls his foot off and throws it. And now Stathis is completely unconscious. And... Ronnie is still up on the roof, but she can look in through one of the skylights and she's like crying and screaming like, please, please stop. Please don't do this. Uh, Seth jumps up, grabs her, brings her down into the place, into the apartment and says, um, basically lays out his plan. He's like, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go in pod one. You're going to go in pod two and we'll be together forever. You, me, <gasps> and the baby, a family of three, all, all is one, all together. And like, it's going to be great. And she's like, no, 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 please, God, no, (laughs) obviously. And he just grabs her and throws her in telepod to closes it. She is screaming inside of it, um, banging on the door. Oh, no, no. First, she first she um, she's pushing him as she's struggling. She pushes him away and is pushing against his face and his lower jaw just falls off. (laughs) And then he has like a full transformation into final final form which is this guy ah! <laughs> he's looking what? more flyy than ever but still it's a monster fly uh and is that really do they do they put jeff goldblum under all of that i don't, that's, no, I don't no, think no, this one creature. is no i mean maybe no 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 but because it, it he would really have to be uh, I think it, there's no way. I think it might be, but his head would be like in the chest part, not the head part, because I think it's like. Oh right. I think it does need to be operated by a person because it's still moving on two legs. Gross. gross. Um, I I hate this. It's so really much. gross. The transformation's gross. His like his legs like at the knees pop and bend the other way. They start bending backwards like an insect and. Ugh, it's really gross. So he gets her, grabs her, puts her in telepod two. He starts climbing in telepod one, starts queuing up the sequence. And Stathis wakes up, grabs the gun with his good hand and sees what's happening. Sees Ronnie in the pod screaming, banging against the glass. She can't get out. And Stathis shoots uh, a wire cable thing leading to the pod that Ronnie is in, basically discon- disconnecting it from the computer, the main computer. 
and we see on the computer screen it says like telepod two um out out or whatever not usable and but the sequence begins and we see um seth uh brundlefly banging against <laughs> the glass shatters the glass in his and is kind of able to half step out before the sequence initiates and he evaporates and we see smoke and stuff in the third telepod something is coming out of there and we see on the computer screen it says uh, fusion of brundlefly and telepod complete and the door <laughs> there are so many problems with this system he has created this is crazy yeah it's not good this isn't teleporting this is a computer being like oh mix these two things together oh uh, whatever okay we'll mix them together I, it's like what is this science oh let's see just mix them just mix, just them. mix them splice mix them together at a genetic level oh lord so the door this guy's stupid this guy's dumb He's an idiot. Uh, so the door opens and out climbs this half brundle fly, half just pieces of metal. And it's basically, he like looks kind of like a worm. It's just a mess. Like it's just parts of, he's just mushed together in a very, very bad way. He's groaning and making a horrible noise clear that he's in pain um ronnie is crying and walks up to him with the sh she has the shotgun but he's not much of a threat anymore he can't really move he's crawling a little bit on his own but Jesus. Um, and she like raises the shotgun to his head and then breaks down crying and lowers the shotgun and then his nasty little fly hand grabs the barrel of the shotgun and presses it against his own head. And he's like yeah. groaning and making a noise and she's crying and she's like, I can't, I can't do it. I'm sorry. Ronnie. Ronnie, you gotta do fucking it. do and it, You girl. see just this sad little fly it. face being like, oh, I'm so sad. <laughs> oh my God. And then Ronnie does it she she shoots him his head explodes and she just breaks down sobbing and that's the end of the movie <gasps> that's the end no, uh resolution on the on the pregnancy yeah where else do you go from there i guess yeah i would like a resolution on the pregnancy she, yeah let's just, just she gets an abortion yeah yeah and she's fine yeah she's yeah fly to gina davis's uh, larvae explosion. <laughs> Maybe there is a the fly too. You never know. Yeah, there there is a fly too. Well, maybe I'll watch it. Maybe we got to see it. Um, Holy shit, that movie is awful. It's really yeah, it's sad. disgusting. Yeah, it's sad and gross, and I hate it. I hate it. Did you like it, Sammy? Uh, yeah, I love it. Um, I I cried in the end. It's it's really, it's really sad. sad. Um, I feel like the whole thing I was thinking of as like just I mean, at first I was thinking of it as a metaphor for drug use and like losing someone, like someone you love becoming someone unrecognizable and kind of like the the worst parts of them coming out because of their obsession with something else I, at least in the beginning it like feels very much at the beginning of his transformation and he's kind of um 
getting cruel and mean to her and choosing this thing over her and uh but david cronenberg has said he meant it as as more of a metaphor of just terminal illness in general Mm. and losing Mm. someone you love watching someone you love die basically slowly and how horrible that is and it is horrible it's very sad let me switch back to this it's so sad that's so sad that's so sad um i like don't even know i don't even know i feel like we've done so many movies recently that have just been like gross yeah i mean or is it just that this one was gross it's very gross and (laughs) part but part of what makes it so good is how good jeff goldblum and gina davis are in it so a retelling Mm. wouldn't do that just gina davis is so good in that final scene i mean that's why i cried just because she is so plays it so believably as someone who is like losing someone they really love and it's really sad um but obviously jeff goldblum is amazing too the way um he is in basically everything (laughs) like his his performance of just like his speech patterns are so so uniquely him and he is just very watchable Mm -hmm. and he's really really great in this role and so i think that's part of what makes it so good and just i think as gross as it is, the makeup and special effects is really impressive. And so, yes, it's disgusting, but it's also like, give this man an Oscar. And they did. <laughs> and they did. Oh, I forgot they gave him an it's Oscar. really, really good special effects and makeup. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's cool. Um, yikes. <laughs> yikes. Yeah. Yikes, indeed. <laughs> Uh, this is why you don't do a medical experiments on yourself this is exactly Um, why and you have a clean uh lab Mm -hmm. yeah there's Mm -hmm. reasons for those protocols of things being sterile and tested and tested and there being a, a team of scientists not just one man in his apartment yeah Oh, my God. Well, Sammy, thank you so much. Um, do you think that we could do a Jeff Goldblum? Um, oh, my gosh. Impression? That's what I was going to ask. Impression. He, he <laughs> is a very specific person that yeah, some people do really he, good impressions of him. I know. I I'm definitely don't. How people. does he talk? Um, um, uh, um, and this um, uh, from a was in, here at, uh, at a, like, uh, it's just a lot of us at a uh, uh, too scary. At, uh, uh, didn't, didn't, uh, watch. It's like that. Yeah, that, that was, was good. good. That, was good. <laughs> that was good. Um, from all of from all of us here, um, uh, at a at a too scary, uh, didn't watch. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Uh, mm, oh my god, um, that's what a fly would sound like too. Goodbye. 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 Hi guys, Sammy here. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you enjoyed listening to the fly please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you would like to see us react to The Fly, you can head on over to our Patreon and become a patron at any tier and you will have access to that video episode. We'll probably be doing one video episode per month. Uh, You can also follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast, and we will be back next week with another episode where we will be covering The Faculty, which is streaming on Showtime. Okay, love you guys. Bye.